More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Today on More to Life, climate change. Is conflict heating things up? We're going to help you change the emotional climate in your relationships. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Morning, everyone. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, the show is titled Climate Change, as we talk about conflict, heating things up in your relationships. If you are looking to make a change in the emotional climate in your home or in all the relationships that you have, let us help you manage conflict more effectively and take the temperature down. 877-573-573. 7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Tell us, is conflict complicating your relationships in general? Do you have a hard time dealing with conflict in general? Or are you tired of how quickly conversations escalate with certain people? or around certain topics? Let us help you learn to diffuse the tension in your relationships and work with God's grace to bring communion out of conflict. The number 877-573-7825. Or, of course, you could say, I'm pretty good with conflict, except with this person. I get along with everyone, except my spouse. I get along with everyone, except this one particular kid in the whole group of kids, or my in-law. Or this one person at work. There are sometimes just people who kind of push the boundaries of our conflict-solving skills. And we think, well, I'm good at this until this person. And if you are dealing with that or just not wanting to deal with conflict, let's help you get to a place where you can not only be your best self, Heal some of that conflict, but also give glory to God in the midst of it all. Because it's not just about solving one particular problem, is it? Because as people of faith, we're called to something more. We're called to bring God and his grace and his mercy and his truth and his goodness and his beauty into every relationship that we have. But some people, or situations, make that more difficult. So if you're struggling with some of that today or hadn't even thought about the God aspect of it all, except God, please help me, these people are driving me crazy, which we happen to have a book about, we can help you get new skills today. We can help you bring God's grace into these situations today if you give us a call at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. 
7825. And although nobody likes conflict and no one relishes having to deal with conflict, Mm-mm. there there is a spiritual benefit that can be gained from conflict if it's done properly and that's part of the part of the spiritual uh, work of mm. conflict is learning to do it properly um, because conflict is really the process by which we work through the damage that sin does to our relationships and by which we create communion out of the tension out of the disjointedness out of the well the, the the struggles that that sin causes in all of our relationships and if we just avoid conflict we're not really cooperating with God's grace to bring communion out of conflict uh, so the question is how do we approach conflict in a way that enables us to do that that enables us to be not afraid that enables us to Uh, engage the issues in a way that helps us remember to be loving, to work for the good of each other, to be the sons and daughters of God that we're called to be and, and conduct ourselves accordingly, and treat the other person as a son or daughter of God. I mean, those 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 things require a little more intentionality. They require some new skills. It's those kinds of approaches to conflict don't just come naturally. So we as Christians really need to think about how we deal with conflict and how God wants us to deal with conflict. And that's what we're talking about here today on More to Life. So if you are struggling either with a particular person to deal more effectively with conflict with them or to deal with a particular topic that seems to always escalate in general or with a particular person let us help you approach that conflict gracefully 877-573-7825 well and i think that a lot of people think they already know how we're going to answer these questions and i can pretty much guarantee you're wrong because a lot of people really think oh well this just means apply fair fighting skills this just means be really really polite or if you're trying to bring your faith into it often you think it means just being nice just being quiet and making peace and suffering because you know we're christian and that's what we're supposed to do no 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 that is not what we're going to be saying because we're not called to just just deal with it just not not make a fuss because we're christian we're not called to just be polite or be quiet because we're Christian. If you want to know what you are called to as Christians dealing with conflict, well, give us a call today at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And for those of you who don't know, uh, the Theology of the Body was St. John Paul's reflection on what does it mean to be a Christian disciple in the modern world and in particular how can we discover God's plan for leading a more abundant life and having healthier holier relationships and today as we look at conflict we see that the theology of the body actually reminds us that our primary mission is to create communities of love out of the relationships we have 
with all the people in our lives as we've been stepping into today. One of the lessons we all need to learn to accomplish this goal is how to manage conflict, tension, and differences of opinion gracefully. That's actually with God's grace. Humility is the virtue that makes us open to the experience of others, even others we disagree with vehemently. Each of us has a story that deserves to be heard. Each of us is wounded in a way that deserves to be respected. The positions we hold, the choices we make, and the attitudes we have are rooted in those stories and wounds. We can't hope to build a relationship with another person, much less change their minds, if we aren't willing to take the time that's necessary to understand how they got to where they are. Listening and empathizing are the two most important tools in beginning to dr address conflict gracefully. And, you know, that doesn't come easily to us. Uh, but as challenging as it can be, we need to make sure that we're not you know, quote-unquote, just doing what comes naturally when it comes to managing conflict. Instead, I think we really need to invite God to be the mediator of our disagreements. And I don't just mean that as a concept. I mean literally saying, okay, God, teach me how to deal with this particular issue and this particular person in a way that will help me bring out the best in them and see that your will is done here. You know, we need to remember that as Catholics, we're not just called to be loving when things are going well, but to be loving and to accept the mutual growth God is calling us to in the face of our disagreements. And we do that by intentionally inviting him into those conflicts. If the other person is willing to pray with us, then it's a wonderful idea to say to that person as you're getting into things, hey, look, you know, let's just take a second and pray about this. And then say something like, Lord, I know what I want. And you know, they know what they want. Help us to know what you want and, and help us to take care of each other while we figure it out together. Or if you have to do it on your own, then the prayer I just mentioned, you know, Lord, help me, teach me to respond to this conflict in a way that will bring out the best in the other person and help me be my best and help your will be done. By praying in that way, we invite God to mediate our arguments and we place ourselves humbly in his hands so that he can guide us step by step through it instead of us just trying to do the same thing over and over again on our own power and expecting a different result. If you are ready to deal with the conflict in your life more effectively, more gracefully, give us a call at 877-573-7825. With that, let's take our concerns to the Lord. And then we'll start taking your calls in the name of the, the Father, Father, and the, the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we bring to you today all the people we have conflicts with and all the conflicts that we are conflicted about. Lord, it's so hard to do the work of healing the damage that sin does to our relationships. Conflict is a sign of that damage. But Lord, with your grace... You call us to create communion out of conflict. So, Lord, first we ask you to help us to not be afraid to deal with conflict directly. But we also ask you to teach us to handle conflict gracefully in ways that allow us to be our best selves, in ways that allow us to bring out the best in the person we're talking with, and in ways that help us work together with others to have your will be done 
in our lives and in the situations in which we find ourselves. Help us to not run from conflict or pour gasoline on the fire that conflict creates, but rather cooperate with your grace to build communities of love as your servant Pope St. John Paul the Great reminded us is both our privilege and call in you. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and in the, in the name, name of the, the Father, Father, the Son, Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, we're dealing with conflict and helping you manage conflict more effectively. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Jan, who's listening to EWTN Radio in the beautiful Alberta, Canada. Hey, Jan. Welcome to More to Life. How's it going? Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I don't... Uh, I'm just trying to think, you know, we have... Um, we, we don't have that much conflict in the area where I live. We tend to be um, conservative, um, Christian-based. Um, but we do have the people that, uh, you know, they don't want to listen to any other point of view. Not that I'm always trying to uh, push what I believe down to anybody, because I don't believe you can do that. I think you can um, you can give your opinion, but... I think the problem nowadays is people do not want to listen to anybody else's opinion, um, especially the, the way that you know the schools are nowadays. They, they don't have any kind of um, uh, you know well, you 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 believe this, you believe that. They don't believe that you sort it out between you, sure. and I find it sometimes very very difficult for people that um, have maybe uh, grown up after. Um, sort of after, I know the 60s was kind of a turbulent time, but people nowadays are not prepared to listen. If you don't believe what I believe, then you're this, you're that. And I so, Jen, let me ask you, is there a particular person that you find yourself at loggerheads with or a particular situation that we can help you through, or, do you, or are you just looking for some general principles on this I'm topic? looking for some general, because most of the time I can come to some kind of arrangement, but there are always, always people. We have people that will stand on the street and shriek at people. Mm. Well, and, and obviously... That's you know, there's, very there's, different. Yeah, you can't do anything about that. Those who just politely smile and walk by because that's not somebody who's wanting to engage with anyone truly they just want to make their point be heard very loudly yeah so. i mean and i think that that you know the our ability to address conflict depends directly on the degree of relationship we have with a person um and so you know i, I think we need to first of all be careful about picking our battles and make sure that that we are engaging in conflicts with those people who are closest to us first because again you know the, the point is not quote unquote going out and saving the world from itself but but rather doing what we can to heal the damage that sin does to our relationships so when we're dealing with somebody though in our family or a friend group um, who is the way you describe and unwilling to hear our opinion on things I think it's a good practice to step back and separate the what from the how and the when because most conflicts come from arguing about the what excuse me most conflicts come from arguing about the how and the when and not the what what do i mean well let's take a very simple i think example for for catholics anyway the idea of of of, of abortion all right so if you're arguing with somebody about abortion they they the argument will basically often break down into should you have abortion or should you not have abortion well the problem with that is there's nowhere to go with that it's entirely polarized 
But if you can step back from that person and say, so tell me, what is it that you're hoping to achieve by advocating for abortion? Now you're getting at the what. See, abortion was the how to achieve the what. But the, but the what is they believe, for example, that uh, it, uh, you know, it's, it's necessary for the rights of women to to be able to do what they need to do. So then you can back up and say, well, are you saying that the only way that a woman could achieve her goals in life is to have an abortion? Well, no, no, of course I'm not saying that. Well, don't you think then that we shouldn't, can't we work together to find more creative and more healthy, more ecological, more sensitive ways to approach that, to to help that woman achieve those goals instead of just saying, just giving her this one option? I don't want to debate that whole issue. I'm giving that as an example, right? One of many, 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 especially nowadays. So it's about saying, really, what's the intention behind your very loudly advocated point? Because that's the only thing that will allow us to have a conversation about anything instead of just saying, my way, your way, my way, your way, and just bouncing a ball back and forth till we're exhausted. So if you find that your conversations about any topic, I mean, I gave you a general topic, but you could do it about any anything at all, up to you know, where should we go to dinner on Saturday. True. Um, you know, if you're going back and forth and you find that any conversation is being polarized the way I just gave that example, the first thing to do is step back and say, what is it that you're hoping to accomplish by advocating that position or asserting that idea? Because that helps you separate the what, that is the the intention or the need, from the how and the when. And if you can do that, then you can brainstorm other hows and whens to achieve the what and get more on the same page. Uh, Jan, thank you so much for your question. I I hope that this uh, gives you some direction, as well as many of our other listeners who find themselves in a similar situation, both with family and friends, as well as with the culture at large. 877-573-7825. We're talking about dealing with with conflict today on More to Life as we look at all those people and situations that bring conflict into our lives and explore ways to gracefully manage those differences so that we can create communion out of conflict. 877-573-7825. When we come back, in addition to taking your calls, we'll be joined by Jacob Popchak, who is a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com. He's also the host of the popular podcast, Created Things. Stick around for his insights on how couples can deal with conflict gracefully when More to Life continues after the break. CMF Curo is a Catholic healthcare ministry providing families nationwide with a better solution centered around whole health, spirit, mind, and body. Our members share their medical burdens within a faith-filled community. At CMF Curo, our members have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, and other health and spiritual resources. Find out if CMF Curo is a better solution for your family. Visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. I often have people ask me, aren't you scared when you talk about the issues such as abortion or uh, all the different ideologies, especially the gender ideology? I say, I'm scared of what I don't say if I'm not using this platform that God gave me wisely and well. If I'm not sharing information with people, if I'm not sharing the truth of the Catholic faith, I'm going to be held accountable, as is any one of us who has a platform. And we all have a platform. The sizes and the extent are different. But every single person, especially if you have a computer, 
And if you have a Facebook page or a Twitter account, you have a platform. And so we're all responsible to evangelize. And we make be fearful, but we move through that fear with trust that God is with us. He tells us he will give us the words. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck, And I'm Lisa Popcheck, And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Welcome back and thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak and today we're talking about conflict on our show titled Climate Change as we ask you, is climate heating, excuse me, is conflict heating things up? We want to help you change the emotional climate in your relationships by helping you manage conflict gracefully. 877-573. 7825. Joining us right now, Jacob Flores Popchak. He is a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com and the host of the popular podcast, Created Things. Jacob, welcome to More to Life. Thanks for having me. So the question I wanted to ask you to kind of get things started here is, you know, very often we feel like the other person doesn't care about our needs. And that's really what is at the heart of the conflict, you know, getting them to see that my needs are legitimate. I mean, what can we do about that without escalating the situation? Well, I think there's a certain amount of vulnerability that's required and a certain amount of subjectivity that's required. Uh, Let me explain what I mean. The fact is, what I encounter most often with people is that when when someone else doesn't really seem to be respecting your needs, it's because you don't really respect your needs either. A lot of the time, we, we don't really believe, if we're honest with ourselves, that our needs are legitimate on the basis of them just being our needs. And so we come up with all kinds of objective reasons why you ought to listen to them. I don't say, hey, honey, could you help me unload the dishwasher? Because that would really make me feel loved if you could do that. I say, it, you, should, you should do it because it's, it's a woman's job or a man's <laughs> job or because, you know, Christ wants you to or it's the right thing to do. Or, or because or I said so. Of other, yeah. Or because I said so or, or any other number of objective statements. I, I don't say, hey, honey, it kind of hurt my feelings when you made that joke and there's nothing wrong with you making that joke but it just personally kind of rubs me the wrong way would you mind not doing that again i say that joke was wrong and it's rude and you should know better than to use language like that and i think you know respectfully we all do it look me included but but respectfully i really just think that's a cowardly approach you know if we're honest ourselves 90 percent of the things that you and i don't like are purely subjective things and that makes us really uncomfortable. So we try to come up with objective reasons to justify it. But I think if we can come into a conflict saying, hey, this is just my own personal need, would you mind honoring that? 
that gives the other person a chance to comfort us, to care for us, to attend to us, which is really an invitational kind of statement, as opposed to what we normally do, which is hide behind these objectives, and then inadvertently make our partner feel really, really judged Mm -hmm. for expressing any need we might have. Well, and doesn't this exercise a lot more of our spiritual discipline? Because it really means we have to be receptive to what God's telling us, receptive to the other person's thoughts and feelings, and take that moment instead of being in a place of reactivity where we feel hurt or we feel slighted in some way and we just react with our feeling instead of any kind of thought or prayer at all, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think it's also, you know, I say I say that talking subjectively instead of objectively kind of creates an invitation to your partner. But I think it's also an invitation to yourself, per what you're saying right now, uh, from God. Because it's crazy to me how often I try to make this point to clients of mine. And I say, okay, so, so let's get to the subjective. Why do you want your partner to do this? Or why do you want your partner to stop saying this? And they don't know. They don't, they don't know at all. They've never stopped to think about it. Because so often we ourselves are strangers to ourselves. We, we hide behind objectives so often that I don't even know why I want you to help me unload the dishwasher. I don't yeah, even it's know just, why It's that, just that, a that need or something want. we've been programmed to do or what our parents said or what we see on a TV show. We don't give it that pause and that thought. So how can somebody, when they're about to react, take that pause for a minute and connect with that deeper thinking brain? Well, I think, I think the starting point is just accepting that this is true, that, that I, I need to first accept the reality that probably 90% of my feelings, 90% of the things I like and don't like, are based on my own personal subjective needs. And that's good. That's not bad. That doesn't make them illegitimate. That makes them more legitimate. And I need to accept that premise. And I need to kind of repeat that premise to me all the time. And if I can repeat that premise to myself all the time, then I can make a rule for myself that says, hey, I don't respond right away anymore. Whenever I feel frustrated by something, whenever I feel hurt by something, whenever I, you know, want something, I'm going to take a minute. I'm going to take a hot minute to think about it, maybe ask a prayer of God to, to sort of guide me and help me figure out what the heck is going on in my heart. And, and only when I figure out what this thing subjectively means to me will I then approach my partner about it vulnerably and subjectively and, and uh, mercifully. Jacob, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Great insights. And if folks would like to learn more about his good work, you can check out his counseling at catholiccounselors.com and tune into his podcast, Created Things. We are taking your calls at 877-573-7825 about managing conflict gracefully. Stick around. We'll have more tips and your calls coming up after the break. Father Benedict Groeschel. Aww. I love reverence. Wherever I go in the world, I usually go to visit the religious buildings. And no matter what I see, I see reverence. Awe. I've been in temples and mosques where I saw more reverence and awe of God than I see in Christian churches, even sometimes in Catholic churches. Oh, yes. Let me say it. When I was a boy, Catholics were much more reverent and respectful in church. You never, ever spoke in church. I was a young priest. A man had a heart attack at the beginning of Mass. I stopped the Mass. We prayed for the man. 
While the police were coming, the ambulance, they removed him from the church, he didn't die. Not one word was spoken. The police officers and the ambulance attendants who came whispered respect. I wish it were true today. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. We can't understand what's going on in America if we don't recognize that America has come under the sway of a false god. America is now controlled by a twisted understanding of freedom. It's my right, and I'll do what I want. We were definitely made to exercise freedom, but it's freedom under God. It's freedom to do as we ought, not freedom to do as we wish. We were not created to exercise self-will, self-law, self-rule, apart from God our Creator. America's emphasis on individual autonomy is an idolatrous distortion, even a replacement of the original American ideal of ordered liberty. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Hi, this is Lisa Popchak. Piles of research show that what kids really need to grow up happy and healthy is you, the parents. Being an involved, loving, present parent who builds a trust-filled relationship with your child is the first line of defense between him and the rest of the world. But this has to start at the very beginning. Respond to your infant or toddler's needs promptly, generously, and consistently. Don't make them work for your attention. Trust the feeding and sleeping schedule God built into your unique and unrepeatable baby, instead of imposing arbitrary schedules on your child. Prompt, generous, and consistent response to your child's needs will lay the foundation for a strong parent-child relationship from the start and allow you to grow in virtue by practicing heroic, self-donative love. You are your child's best hope for a healthy life full of joy. For more on raising happy, healthy kids, visit moretoliferadio.com. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. Today our show is titled Climate Change. As we talk about conflict, heating things up, we want to help you change the emotional climate in your relationships and enable you to manage conflict gracefully at 877-573-7825. If you are struggling with marital conflict, I'd like to recommend our book, How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love. It examines eight habits of healthy couples and how any couple can use those habits and learn those habits to strengthen their relationship. We talk a lot about dealing with conflict gracefully and how to create greater communion out of the conflict that's currently tearing you apart. So if you'd like to have a closer relationship and deal better with marital conflict, check out having excuse me how to heal your marriage and nurture lasting love. That's available at Catholic Counselors Com. We're taking your calls right here, though, at 877-573-7825. Let's talk with our next caller who's listening to EWTN Radio in Texas on Guadalupe Radio. Hi there, listener. On line two, welcome to Mortal Life. What's going on? Hi, thank you for taking my call. 
Well, um, we've been struggling with uh, many conflicts, but the one that keeps on resurfacing and it's almost like a daily thing um, and that I'm pretty much very tired of mm-hmm. is uh, the fact that my my husband has this um, this weakness. I don't know what you want to habit. I don't know what what you want to call it, but you know, just looking at other at other women. So, can you tell me what that looks like in practice? What what does he do? Are we talking about him looking okay. at pornography? Or are we talking about like noticing women as he walks down the street? Like what what is he like spinning around and seeing? Like talk like describe what you're looking at. Okay, so uh, not pornography, thank God that got resolved a while back. But um, mm. like for example, we're at a doctor's office, <laughs> and. Um, the the time before he i heard him talking on the phone and i and i i was like hmm, do you know that person you know and then when we get to the to the appointment um he the lady says oh mr Favarato, it's so finally to meet you in person <laughs> and that tells me a whole lot because we've been married for 30 years well almost 30 years and it just tells me a whole lot that doesn't tell me anything what does it tell you well, it tells me that, you know, he was flirting on the phone, per se. I think that's a, that's a that's pretty dramatic presumption on your part. Look, here, here's here's what I need to say to you. It's certainly true that, that a lot of men have a wandering eye, and that, that can be very problematic. When I see this issue and the way you're presenting it, you're doing a lot of mind reading, and I think that the conversation between you and your husband probably goes like this. You looked at women. No, I didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, I didn't. And you're not getting anywhere. Very much like we were just discussing with Jacob Flores Popcheck a minute ago about just bouncing this one ball back and forth instead of getting to what's really going on and but why you feel the way you feel. There's a more important conversation that you need to be having that you're not discussing. And that is the fact that you feel insecure in this relationship for some reason. Um, and again, going back to what, what, what Jacob was talking about in his, his segment... Um, you, you know, you're not having the conversation that's most important here, which is, honey, I, I don't feel like we're as close and secure as I need us to be. I, I would ask you, you know, to really reflect how much time do you and your husband make to work and play and talk and pray together every day? What are those rituals of connection around working, playing, talking and praying that you have? I'm going to guess that your answer is not a lot. Uh, because if you did, then you wouldn't feel so threatened um, by, by by every exchange. I mean, the, the exchange, the things you, you mentioned here are, are pretty benign. He was friendly to somebody on the phone, and then she said, oh, I'm glad to meet you in person. It could have been flirting. You could be right. It could have just been he was the only friendly person that poor woman in a doctor's office spoke to in the last two years. You don't know. You're making a judgment call that, as Greg is saying, is based on the insecurity you're feeling in your marriage, which absolutely has to be addressed. You know, you said, thank God there's no pornography anymore. Well, how, you know, the two of you need to look at how was that addressed? How do you know you can count on the fact that he's not going to fall back on that? Is it just that 
he didn't do it, but you're still afraid? Are there other things going on that you feel he doesn't pay attention to you, so when he pays attention to anyone else, you feel jealous of that because you're not getting these kinds of, of needs in your life to be together, to pray with someone, to play with someone, to work with someone, to talk with someone every day who's your spouse and you're in a sacramental relationship with? They're not getting met, so anything he does for anyone else hurts your heart because you need that from him. Those are the kinds of things that, A, you get to talk about every day if you do these four things, and B, you get to pray about together every day. So it's not just you hoping that this gets fixed, offering it to God, but never really working on with your spouse. These are things that God will bring his grace into so that you can begin to build the trust and the relationship you're so desperate for. Yeah, I mean, so the the, the my 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 assignment to you <laughs> homework, is to get say. homework to you is to, is to get off the phone and I want you to have that conversation with your husband today. I don't want you to say, uh, you know, oh, I, I, want, I don't want you to argue about this anymore. I want you to go to him and I want you to say, I don't feel as secure in our marriage as we need to, as I need to feel. We're not as close to each other as I would like to be. Let's talk about some creating some daily rituals of connection about ways that we can work and play and talk and pray together so that I can really see that we're both investing in this relationship like we never have before. So that when we're out and about, it wouldn't, it wouldn't occur to me to, to think that you, your eyes were straying because I know that you're putting all your energy and focus on me in every part of our lives. I think that's the discussion you need to be having. And if you need more support in that, the book I recommended as we came back from break, How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love, I think will be a tremendous help for you, especially that chapter on Rituals of Connection. Check it out. It's available at catholiccounselors.com. And if you find that the the conversation is getting held up in some way, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com to learn more about our telecounseling practice. 877-573-7825. Um, We're talking today about dealing effectively with conflict, 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Annette, who's listening to EWTN Radio in North Dakota. Hi, Annette. Welcome to Word of Life. What's going on? Um, (laughs) Thanks for taking my call, but my conflict isn't with marriage, or it's just conflict in general. I, I don't like conflict, so I tend to try to appease things quietly and fix them, if that would be the right word. Mm-hmm. Like the Christian mothers, you know, I was the head of the church board, and one of the ladies decided that she had a leaf in her pew for three months, and she was going to quit tithing, and she wanted the cleaning lady fired, but they were 80 years old, and so my idea, instead of dealing with it, I just started spot cleaning and when you say instead of dealing with it, what it was it was it your I mean what was your role here? I mean what kind of responsibility did you have? I was the head of church board, so they came to me with complaints. Was it your job to fire this person? You're saying or, or what? They yeah the Christian mothers it is under the church board, so it's like instead of dealing with conflict, I try to fix it or avoid it, and I don't like this life because I'm exhausted because I'm always trying to um, what do you call that I'm always intellectually trying to come up with a plan and if conflict comes on me all of a sudden I want to flee so I want to know a healthy way to deal with it. so can I ask you where did you learn that where did you learn that conflict wasn't safe 
my dad was an alcoholic and my mom mm-hmm. was very volatile, so you try to keep things okay. calm. Yeah, and and okay, so so the so yeah. calm is safety. Calm is yeah. is is lack of crisis. Thank you for your thank you for your honesty and vulnerability and sharing that because what what you just described is 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 the wound that prevents you from dealing with conflict gracefully because there's there's this little girl part of you that is still trapped in that alcoholic household that as soon as conflict appears starts to scream in your head, no, Annette. Don't do this, or mommy's going to get mad, and daddy's going to get drunk. And I, and I realize and I, that- you're not going to feel safe. You're not going to know that you have a safe home. And so here, especially in this particular example you're giving, your church and your group are your safe home right now. You feel a sense of belonging and routine that's making you feel safe and comfortable. So when somebody gets irate over a leaf in a pew, I mean, for heaven's sake, pick up the leaf and throw it away. And, and wants an old older woman to lose her job over it, you just want that to stop because it's a ridiculous threat against something that's keeping you feeling safe and comfortable. And you deserve that. But the larger issue, you're absolutely right, is that that can't work all the time and you're exhausting yourself. So I, I, think, I think what I'd like you to do on your own um, is to start with this. When you start feeling that fear... I want you to realize that you're not really afraid of conflict. What's happening is that that, that little girl part of you that's still trapped in that, that alcoholic household is, is afraid. And, you're, and, and she's afraid of blowing up everything all over again. You, the grown-up Annette, I want you to just close your eyes, take a deep breath, and ask the Lord to come with you to that little girl. And I want you to imagine seeing her in front of you. And I want you to bring the Lord with you when you do this. And I want you to say to her, I love you, and you're safe. And I don't want you to have to be here anymore. I want you to come with me where I am, where you don't have to be with those people anymore and be afraid of how what conflict is going to do to your house. I want you to come with me and let me handle this conflict. And I want you to do what little girls do well. I want you to go out and play. <laughs> I want you to have some fun. I want you to bring some joy into my life so that I can keep perspective while I handle this conflict for you. And I want you to keep praying through that and talking to that part of yourself that's afraid that this conflict is going to be just like all those other conflicts. Now, starting that conversation with yourself is going to be tremendously helpful, but you may need to seek some professional help to really heal that deeper wound. So if you're doing this and you find that you're not able to make a lot of progress on your own, that's not a sign that you're hopelessly broken or that this is never going to change. It's a sign that you just need a little more professional help and some tools. And in that case, either reach out to a good pastoral counselor in your area or contact us at catholiccounselors.com and we can get you the rest of the way but the the truth is you're not really afraid of conflict you're afraid that conflict is going to blow up your house again Uh, and that's not really your grown-up fear that's the fear of that inner child and so by talking through that with her you can help her calm down a little bit and then start to make up a grown-up plan for dealing with whatever issue is in front of you. And again, if you're struggling to make that happen, then that's a sign that maybe you need a little bit of counseling to help heal that wound. And to teach you the skills step-by-step so that they can be accomplished. Thank you, Annette, for the call. And if there's more we can do for you, don't hesitate to reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com. With that, it's time for our break and time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Strive for peace with everyone. And for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. I want to explain what this verse means, though. Because when people here strive for peace with everyone, they think 
they they think St. Paul means sweep it all under the rug. Well, very much what, you know, Annette was going through with all of this. Just keep everything calm. And, you know, we see from scriptures, especially Acts, um, that St. Paul did not run from conflict. In fact, even, <laughs> with, even, sure. with, even with St. Peter, you know, that he had arguments that are recorded in the Bible. Um, so what does it mean to strive for peace with everyone? St. Augustine said that peace is the tranquility that results from right order. So striving for peace means strive for right order, work to make things right, work to heal the wounds, work to right the wrongs, work to deal with the injustices that are in our lives. So in other words, embrace the conflict in ways that let healing and communion come from it. So when St. Paul says strive for peace for everyone, he just means exactly that, to do the work that God asks us to do, to heal the damage that sin does to our relationships by not running away from those conflicts that would enable us to create greater communion by resolving them. 877-573-7825. We're talking with you today about conflict on our show titled Climate Change. If conflict is heating things up in your relationships, raising the temperature of your household, let us help you change the emotional climate in all your relationships. At 877-573-7825, more to life will continue with your calls right after the break. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Was Jesus' risen body the same body he dwelled in while living on earth? According to the Catholic Catechism, it was the same body that was crucified, but it was glorified and different in profound ways from the risen body of Lazarus, which Jesus brought forth from the tomb. Lazarus returned to his same earthly life with the same limitations he had when he left it. Jesus rose with new powers. His body was no longer confined to time and space. He could appear and disappear at will. He could walk through doors. He could also eat and drink as he did with the apostles to prove to them that he was not a ghost. He could appear in whatever guise he chose as he did with Mary Magdalene when she thought he was the gardener. The reality of the resurrection of the body seemed an impossibility to the disciples. They needed the added impetus of God's grace to accept and believe such a reality. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio. I'm Lisa Popchek. 
I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and we're talking with you today about managing conflict gracefully at 877-573-7825. Let's go to our next caller who's listening to EWTN Radio in Indiana. Hi there, listener. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Uh, yes. In 2020, during the pandemic, my husband had came into the church in 2016, but in 2020, he really dove into his Bible and okay. really started to, he found Jesus. Well, January of last year, he came to me and told me that there was some things that, you know, over the years, because we've been married, we were married 21 years at that time. But anyway, he said to me, you know, I need to tell you that I was with somebody else before we ever met that I didn't tell you about. And that was not a deal breaker. I was like, okay. And it was because it was a friend, girlfriend, a couple times. But... I asked him then, I'm like, okay, is there anything else you need to tell me? And he was like, well, I feel like I've been looking at other women too much and been very lustful. Um, okay. Come to find out, one of them was my sister, and my sister was sick with cancer and died a few months later. And I have had a very rough year because even though he's done everything right, he's apologized, he's a different person. He truly found Jesus for the first time. He wants to pray with me, and I can't seem to get past it. And I feel like there's something wrong with me now because I've never been like this. So when I've never been able to not move past something. So I just I want you to think about this not not rationally for a minute, okay? But 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 emotionally, there's a part of you that's afraid that if you forgave him, something bad would happen. Just sit with that for a second, okay? Not rationally, just emotionally. What is the bad thing that you're that that part of you is afraid would happen if you did forgive him? That it'll happen again, and I didn't know the first time. And the other thing for me is, mm -hmm. I don't want to be with somebody if I was in the way of him being with. If I was keeping him, from and him I'm not okay, and I'm not love, I'm not right, and he doesn't love me enough, and he doesn't love desire me enough, right? Yes, yes, okay. because that's how I feel. Since, because sure. if you did, I don't think this would have happened. Okay, well, let, let's 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 back up a little bit, and I want to offer you some context here, and then I want to offer you some ways forward. Okay, so mar the sacrament of marriage, like all the sacraments, okay, are about healing. Um, so baptism heals the rift between us and God, and makes us God's children. You know, communion continues to heal the damage that sin does to our relationship with God and allow us to be able to share eternal life with him. Um, penance, the sacrament of reconciliation, heals the damage that sin does to our relationship with God and with others. Marriage heals the damage that sin does to our physical love, our ability to love each other the way God wants us to, physically and otherwise. So if we say that, the presumption is that our, our ability to love others in general and physically love others in particular is damaged by sin naturally. That is, that is just part of our human condition. And so marriage is the process of healing that damage that sin has done to us. To be able to love, especially physically love, the way God calls us to. So the fact that your husband has found the Lord and is doing this work is a sign that your marriage is being blessed by God and doing exactly what it was created to do to heal 
your ability to love each other and to heal, especially your ability to physically love each other, the beautiful way that God is calling you to. And sometimes that process of healing is messy and ugly, just like any just cleaning like surgery. Out any or cleaning out cleaning any wound. out any wound to get to get it to not be infected. Sometimes there's you know really painful stuff that's temporary, but it also leads to much greater health and healing and strengthening of whatever was originally wounded in us physically and spiritually and emotionally. It works the same way. Now, so the reason I wanted to start here is because. The fact that your husband has confessed these things to you and that he's working on these things with you doesn't mean that he doesn't want to be with you or that God hasn't called you together. It means that your marriage is working and that it's good and that he is is working with God's grace to to be with you and and he's doing this for you. Right? He's he came to you because he didn't want anything to be standing between the two of you because he wanted you to be the only person in his life. And I'm not just saying that because he said that. I'm saying that because he's acting that way right he's he's praying with you he's investing in the relationship he he doesn't want these things to come between you anymore so you know he's not saying you're not enough he's saying I want to give more of myself to you so I understand that's hard to accept but but I I need you to really pay attention to that and not go to that place that Satan wants you to go in your head where you say I'm not enough and this means that that I'm not good enough or that he doesn't really love me you're hurt and that's understandable that you're hurt but like we were talking with another caller, the, the way to heal this is to really focus on investing in the relationship more. I was, I was sharing with a previous caller, I want you to really look at how you and your husband have rituals for working, playing, talking, and praying together every day. Even if it's for five to ten minutes each of those four things. But I want you to, to sit down together and think, how can we really invest in creating rituals of connection around working and playing and talking and praying together every day so that we can really feel like we're putting the time and energy into this relationship that we never have before uh, so that we can really show to each other that we want to show up for each other, that we are choosing each other, that we are making that time to reassure each other that we are the only ones for each other and that we're doing the work that God is calling us to do to learn how to love each other the way he wants us to. And the more you're able to do that work and focus on that effort, the more you're going to find the healing for all of this. I know it, I know it like I said, sometimes healing a wound, like Lisa pointed out, it can be messy. It's like cleaning any other wound. And a little bit painful, but not as painful as what the infection would be in the long run. But, but I need to reassure you, this is exactly what marriage is supposed to do. It assumes, the sacrament of marriage assumes that we are all sexually broken, that we are all broken in terms of our ability to love the way God wants us to. And marriage exists to heal those wounds, to heal the damage that sin has done to our ability to love each other, especially sexually, the way God wants us to. And sometimes to clean out those wounds, you need a professional with skills. So if you start to do these these rituals with your husband every day, and you're trying to draw closer, but you can't seem to get past the roadblocks, or it's digging up other stuff for you, it's okay to reach out to a marriage-friendly therapist and really work through this together and get the skills you need, knowing that God will be present to try to help you heal all of this woundedness and give you a beautiful sacrament together. But I do think that you're on the right track, and I want to thank you for your call and I think that these suggestions will get you a good long way down the road. But thank you so much for your call. And since this has come up several times in the program, I want to point people to uh, two programs that we're running at CatholicCounselors.com. Our Connected program, 
for people who are struggling with pornography and want to recover from that struggle, and as well as our reconnected program for spouses of those who are struggling with pornography, how to heal those relationships, how to set appropriate boundaries, how to really find ways forward. Reconnected and Connected are two group counseling programs that are available at catholiccounselors.com. Check it out, as well as checking out all the other resources we have to help you transform the conflict in your relationships into communion. That's at catholiccounselors.com. Have a blessed day. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.